what you want, what you waiting for? Make the music that the people can't ignore. A lot of niggas is bitches, a lot of bitches be tripping, a lot of them be wishing that they was in my position. A lot of niggas be cowards and most chicks be chickens. Fuck about the club, club, even tripping. Most dudes is okay, but the rest ain't. Yes, people, it is Friday. We're easing into today's chin check on some low down E vibes, people. But as we do every single Friday, we're going to be looking at some of the stories circling around in this MMA sphere right now. So, um, people. Let's sit back and do that, right? So, with MMA, there's highs and there are lows, right? And you get to the UFC, oh, you made it, right? Not quite, you know what I mean? Because then it's a case of st- Stay in there Sometimes it works out Sometimes it doesn't But we've also seen plenty of people Make their way back And that's going to be the case Hopefully For Jordan Espinosa And Shayna Dobson Right Both have uh, Yeah Both have had their final fights In the organisation As of right now so we saw Espinosa. He lost a pretty one-sided fight to um, Tim Elliott at the weekend, right? Didn't go very well for him, and it, you know his run in the UFC has just been two and four, right? So uh, tough, definitely tough. But, hey, you know, that's what happens, unfortunately. You know, he, he got a, a good win over um, Mark De La Rosa. You know, that was a very good win for him. But, uh, yeah, there was just, you know, he had some tough fights. You know, he, he, he had some tough fights, right? I think he beat Eric Shelton as well. But yeah, you know, sometimes it just goes like that, right? Now, he came via the Contender Series. You know, he's, he, yeah, he, he was, he's definitely promising. But there's things that I think now, being on the regionals, right? There's things you can work out. You know, as I think, as we've seen, Espinosa does need to work on that ground game. Does need to work on that Because that's That's where he's also You know he's just had a lot of bad luck It's just not gone well You know So yeah A 2 and 4 record You're usually going to get cut with that Right And yeah same with uh, You know Shayna Dobson Right she fought On the um, The Blades v. Blades v. Lewis card UFC on ESPN plus forty three, and she lost to, you know, the debuting Casey O'Neill, 
And it wasn't a surprise, right? Because O'Neill pretty much ran through Dobson. You know, there wasn't really a lot of opposition, you know, which does take Dobson to a similar record, right, to that of Espinosa. She she ended her time in the organization two and four. Right? We've we've seen Dobson, you know, gut it out. We've seen her be tough. Right? She came to the UFC via the ultimate fighter. You know, you know, she fought she you know, she fought some tough fights on that. Fought some tough fights, right? Season 26. But, you know, she put in a pretty spectacular performance against her Maria Agapova. You know, one that's probably her biggest win in the UFC. And, you know, she won a performance of the night from that. So, yeah, you know, it, it could have been, could have been worse. It could have been worse, and I I think the what we saw from that fight, right, the O'Neill fight, it's something that Dobson has you know suffered from. You know, there, there can be those moments of inactivity. You know, she starts very slow, and can get bullied. Like Agapova did the same thing to her. The the big difference was Agapova gassed herself out. Right? And you know, you could see if you don't gas, you will win. And that's what Casey did. You know, I, I think that's the thing. You can look at the Agapova fight and go, oh, yeah, Dobson made a great comeback, which he did. But you can also see the blueprint to beating Dobson. You know, the, it's like, oh, if you just overwhelm her, if you outwork her, put her on the back foot, make her uncomfortable, you're going to get the win. And that's what O'Neill did. So I kind of feel that, yes, like Espinosa, if Dobson, you know, goes to the regionals and just works out those kinks, hey, she could get back. You know, both could get back. So it's not the end of the world. It's not the end of the world because, you know, I think as we've um, as we've seen, there are fighters that have, uh, you know, made their way back, right? Like um, on this weekend's card, Matthias Nicolau, hey, he's done it. You know what I mean? So anything is possible. So we'll just see what happens, right? We'll see what happens. Okay, so I haven't really spoken about this because I don't think that at the time when the news broke, there wasn't really a whole heap of information. And like now there's a bit more, right? And it does kind of call into question a lot that was said. So I'm referring to Dan Hardy, right? Now, Dave Meltzer, who runs, you know, the Wrestling Observer newsletter and all of that, right? He put out a a message on Twitter saying, 
Hardy was terminated by the UFC and the UK broadcast partner BT Sports after he got into an argument with the um, with a female employee. And I, I think I mean, it was slightly worded slightly differently, but then you just saw loads of people making reference to this supposed situation. And the way everyone was talking about it was it was kind of like Hardy had, you know, I mean, it, it was in the Me Too categories of shit. That's what everything was made to sound like, you know, which is crazy, you know, and it is dangerous. You know, people coming and, and saying the, all this crazy stuff, right? You know, because, you know, BJPen.com, they put out, Dan Hardy has reportedly been fired by the, U, by the UFC and BT Sport following an alleged incident with a female employee on Fight Island, which, I mean, if that's not clickbait. What is people? So Hardy, he actually responded to that, right? He said, rather misleading headline there, bjpen.com, not entirely accurate either. I am no longer working directly with the UFC. The female part is irrelevant. It was a disagreement over an opportunity missed or withheld, and I'd love some answers, but can't get any, right, and I've seen people, you know, go, female irrelevant, oh, Dan Hardy is saying, no, when he's saying the female part is irrelevant, it's like, it could have been a male member of staff, and most likely the same thing would have happened, right, it's not the gender of the staff member, it was most likely the way the thing went down, right, I feel that's the thing, and so after all of this, Hardy put out a statement, you know, on his uh, full reptile website, so this statement, which went out on the 10th of March, it reads, apologies for my silence on this current situation, I'm still chasing answers privately, and it's taking some time. This is what I can say at this point. It was a verbal disagreement between myself and a member of the UFC staff. It was fortnight. It was forthright, but not aggressive and specific to work. I have apologized to the individual for the embarrassment they must have felt as I as a small handful of our colleagues from the British media were present. We were taking a brief break from recording UFC 258 content a few hours after the Holloway Cater event had concluded. When the disagreement occurred, the conversation could have definitely taken place in a better location and under better circumstances. 
BT Sport have not fired me and are still keen on working with me in some capacity. I'm appreciative of their interest in a continued collaboration. Thank you all for the support in the comments across their accounts. They are paying attention and making efforts, although there is pressure to push me out entirely. The Raptors were quarantined for three weeks in order to attend UFC 259, but had their credentials revoked. So we're diversifying our content a little and appreciate your subs and support. It has been suggested that a reconciliation between myself and the UFC is possible. And of course, I hope that is the case. I have yet to speak to or hear from Dana and get a better understanding of his perspective on the situation. The result of their brief and private investigation has left me with little closure and hope that at some point I'm able to get more information of what I've actually been accused. I'm forever a fan of the UFC and dedicated in service of MMA. I appreciate all of your kind words and support, both privately and publicly, and have lots of exciting offers to consider. With respect and gratitude, the outlaw. So, yeah, I mean, that's pretty circumstant, right? Uh, you know, I, I, look, I understand, right? I've been in situations, you know what I mean, where you have an argument with someone about work, right? But, you know, due to, I think sometimes it's like just due to, you know, work schedules and the whole situation, sometimes you might say in the office rather than, can we go into that meeting room? You know what I mean? Or something like that. So, you know, shit gets more of an audience than it needed to have. Yeah, and, and it's just one of those things, right? So these things happen and yeah, I am I'm sure uh, you know, I'm 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 sure something will get worked out in the end. Right? And yeah. I'm not surprised he hasn't had a chance to speak. You know, Dana hasn't spoken to him yet. When when you could like just consider everything that has been happening of late. You know what I mean? Like fights drop out, things moving, still the whole COVID situation trying to deal with, possibility of live shows maybe in Texas. There's a lot going on. You know, so trying to find the time to, um, yeah, pick up some of these pieces, it, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a difficult thing, but, you know, it, Hardy is definitely a liked member of staff, right, everyone does like, like Laura Sanko put out, you know, a, a bit on her socials saying, you know, she's always enjoyed and liked working with Dan Hardy, you know, she, you know, because I think people were saying that she was the female involved, and she's like, nope, wasn't me, I really like Dan, I've worked well with Dan, you know, he's always helped me, you know, so look, it's, yeah, 
it, it, it it's not so much a you know oh we can't have hardy around because women i don't feel safe i i imagine it's not that but yeah with, with you know time shit you know shit becomes clearer right so i suspect we will find out more but yeah i think people can stop with the you know did Helen hardly molest something you know what i mean all of that kind of shit the other thing that is crazy is like a lot of people are going oh well hardy was already on the shit list you know because of the thing with herb dean and no he wasn't right what dana said was at the time if anyone approaches an official we're not having that right that's what he said he didn't say oh i'm gonna sack dan hardy for you know having a argument with herb dean he was just like because i think a reporter at the time said, oh, Dan Hardy went up to Herb Dean. And Data's like, no, we, we're not having our star confront officials. But it wasn't a, oh, Dan Hardy's going to, he's on thin ice. It wasn't anything like that. People, calm the fuck down. It's, it's just like, I, it's weird. When people are talking about something, they love to bring in, like, incidents that have no real relevance and happened a long-ass time ago. I don't know. What are you doing, people? What the fuck are you doing? But, yeah, Hardy wasn't in danger of his job then. And I'm sure, I'm sure things can get sorted out because, as I said, everyone does enjoy working with Dan Hardy. He he's always done good commentary, good analysis. Yeah. So listen, we just yeah, we just give this some time to breathe and we'll see what happens. Alright? But um yeah. Hopefully, you know, Dan can um work something out. Because yeah, Dan is a very good commentator and um he does good breakdowns, so yeah, we'll see what happens. Well, the weekend we had, uh, you know, great fights, right? We had some great fights, but a couple of fighters, I, they just not really wearing those losses very well. Now, one of those fighters is, unfortunately... Um, Ruggiero Bonterin, right, so, on the prelims, he was, was it the prelims, actually, I think he was the first fight on the main card, yeah, I, I, yes, I feel he was the first card, first fight on the main card, right, and, hmm, was he, no, he wasn't the first fight on the prelims, god, Damn my memory. Right, but um yeah, he fought Kai Carafrance and Bonterine had was having a great fight. Was having a great fight. You know, he got Carafrance down, he threatened, you know, with the rear naked. 
hey, but Cara France, you know, he survived. He survived. And then in the dying moments of that first round, Cara France came back. Came back, landed two sensational punches and put Bontarine out. Now, the fight had an odd end, for sure, for sure, I will not even deny the fact that it had an odd end to it, right, because, yeah, Cara France, he walked off, Herb, yeah, he he didn't seem to, you know, touch anyone and make a definitive end to it, but when Cara France came back to deliver another shot, when Bontarine was still on the ground, Herb got in the way, right, and Bontarine, you know, he has made some comments that, I mean, you look at and you just think, ah, dude, don't, like, don't, you know what I mean, it's just, yeah, it is not worth it, right, so, um, Bontarine says, I thank everyone who cheered and cheers for me, those who speak ill, it's the game too, since I was 16 year old, I have tried to be amongst the best, and the trajectory until now has not been a bed of roses, only I know what I went through to get here. The last fight that took place at UFC 259 did not happen the way I trained and planned. I made mistakes, yes. The errors will be worked on. However, the error of the referee is seen. I really fell in a knockdown, but I was conscious. 100% of the time, when I went in search of continuing the fight, I was prevented by a person who was not my opponent entering the front, it was less than 10 seconds to the end of the round, I could take it and whoever knows me, you know I would return to the second round with the same strategy that I entered and it was being very well executed. I'll come back much better. I'd like to congratulate Herb Dean for the victory and to colleague Kai Karafans, I don't think I owe an apology. I want a rematch. Now I go in search of my best. I'll be back soon. It's just weird, right, because if you watch the fight, the way Bontarine goes down is, it's gnarly, right, you never want to see it, he face planted, he kind of buckled over and just face first crashed to the floor, that's not how you want to leave a fight, right, that is not good, it's not good, you know, so it's, yeah, I, I, you know, you, you have to say, I commend Cara France for not just jumping on top and unloading 
Because that could have happened. We've seen it before. We've seen those late punches that just aren't needed. And here's the thing. Bontarin may have, you know, been conscious to an extent. Doesn't mean he's there. Right? It doesn't mean he's all there. And he doesn't get up right away. Doesn't get up right away. Look, we've seen people in situations when straight away they're like, no, 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 no. What are you doing? Remember um, Ion Kutalabra, right? When he had his first fight with Ankaliov. Yeah, and he's playing rope-a-dope and everything, and the ref stopped it, and he's just like, wait, straight away, he was just like, dude, no, it was a strategy, look, I am fine, he was walking, he was talking, he was fine, right, so you understand the difference, you know, a lot of people jump up, and straight away, they can't walk it. If, if you were to have to do a sobriety test, I think that's one thing for sure. Because there's a lot of people, they're wobbling all over the place, right? Which just opened you up to take more damage. It's not a good look. Like, it's not something you want to see. You know, you don't want to see it. Because, yeah, it's only going to lead you to take more, you know? Because, look, look at the um, Amanda Limos, you know, Livas, you know, Livia Souza fight. Because Livia Souza, she wasn't out. She wasn't knocked out, but, yeah, that was a very good stoppage. You know, sometimes you're not just unconscious, Right, but it's clear a fight can't go on. You know, like um, Carlos Ulberg wasn't unconscious, and I'm sure if that hadn't have been called, he would have struggled on. But yeah, sometimes you gotta call it, and Rogerio Bonterin. That fight had to be called. So it, it just doesn't, never really looks good when you come out and you try and be like, ah, my opponent didn't finish me. It was only because of this and it was because of that and blah, blah, blah. Now, some of that statement, it was fine. Like, listen, I'm going to, I'm going to learn from those mistakes and, you know, fix the problems. Boom. That's all good. Now, if you had just said that, that's all fine. But all this whole Herb won the fight and ugh, just no. No. You should be thankful. Should be thankful. Uh, and Cara France deserved that win. Deserved that win. You know, it is what it is. I'm sure down the line, you guys would meet again. So, you know, just work on that. Work on just winning, right? That's the key thing. Working on winning. But yeah, I don't know, people. Shit, it gets crazy, right? So I feel the other fighter that just isn't handling the loss well at all is Peter Yan, right? 
Oh, so much craziness. So much craziness is going. You've got Yan trying to bark on everyone. You're right? trying to call John Jones a cheat. Trying to, you know, say that Sterling is ducking him. It's just all craziness. And what's really just weird is the fact that no one, no one seems to be talking about the knee, right, when people talk about the knee, you all you hear is, oh, I, I think there was some confusion in the corner, right, I, I think it might be a language barrier, and we're like, no, that is not the issue, right, the issue is, Yan has been in the UFC for long ass time. He he's had a good number of fights now in the organization. Right? It it's not like um you know he's only just fought. Right? This isn't his first it's not his first rodeo people. You know what I mean? Peter Yan has been around for a while now. Right, so he should know the rules. You know, the rules are there. The rules are concrete. Like, the rules changed, but they changed in 2019. You know, they didn't change at the beginning of this year. No. It was 2019 when the motherfucking rules changed. You know, this should not be a shock to anyone. You know what I mean? So, and, and when you feel, or it might have been 2018, I can't even, it's hard to remember, but you just thinking, right? Yan, in 2019, he fought John Dobson, Jimmy Rivera, Uriah Faber. Yeah? And last year, he fought Jose Aldo. So that's potentially four fights with the new rules in place. You know, now if they changed in 2018, again, he had a number of fights, had a number of fights in 2018, you know, he had three, again, three fights in 2018, Douglas Andrade, Jin Su Son, and um, Toroto Ishirara, right, so with all of those fights... That is so much time to, you know, be acquainted with the rules. And, you know, he's been fighting since, you know, he went pro in 2014. 2014. So all of these other shows, they all follow the unified rules. Right? Every one of these shows follows the unified rules. And the one rule that, you know, the rules that changed was around ground fighters. And it was around, you know, having your fingertips on the mat to having your palm on the mat, right? So if you are standing, you can't just put your fingertip, you know, and be like, oh, I'm down, right? So, that, you know, that was a change. Aljamain was on his knees, Right, it, it, he wasn't half standing. He was on 
his knees. Being on your knees is always being you're a downed opponent. That's never changed. Right? Being on both knees has always been a downed opponent. So, you know, the fact that he's asking, he's, why the fuck is he asking the corner? Why is he asking the corner? You know? And you look at that moment, right? He was holding Sterling's head. Holding his head for a period of time. He then turns, asks a question, waits for a response, turns back, waits, then drives the knee. Right? So it's not a, 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 a just a spur of the moment thing. Right? And people want to try and draw, you know, the, uh, the same kind of thing to John Jones, Anthony Smith. There was no pause. With Joan Smith. Smith was kind of on his haunches. And you're thinking. Oh is he, he. He's about to get up. Right. So. Jones mistimed the knee. Jones mistimed the knee. But. It was an instant throw. It wasn't a. Hmm. Hey guys. Can I throw this knee? Uh, okay. I'm going to throw the knee. Knee thrown. It wasn't that. Right, and as I said, uh, you know, on Monday, Denis Jones threw kind of glanced off the head of Smith. It wasn't a full blown knee to the face. There is differences, differences, and Yan should have known the rules. He is the champion. Right, you're representing your division. You are the champion. You should know better. Should know better. And he's been in the organization. He's been in MMA for enough time, where we should expect Yan to know the rules. Should expect him to know the motherfucking rules. There is no oh, it's a language barrier. Yeah. Oh, it's this. No, no, right, regardless of language, you should be able to put fighters in positions and everyone understands it, right, if you have, if you feel you're a professional, if you feel, you know, you are top of your class, you know those rules, you know the rules, right, so, yeah, it's, it's an odd situation, it doesn't really seem to be dying down. Uh, I just think we just need to wait for um, wait for the doctor's clearance and the rematch to be booked because yeah, it was always going to be that fight, right? Whether it's a troll job with Sahudo, you know, like the fight that was always going to get made is Jan Sterling. The only thing that could change that is an injury. Or COVID, right? Otherwise, that fight is taking place. So, yeah. I People go crazy. People are saying some weird-ass shit. Weird-ass shit. About... Look, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. The thing that is important is that knee. And the knee was super late. 
super illegal, right? So no defences for Yan. He threw the knee. It was yeah ridiculous. And listen, I'm not saying he threw it because oh he was scared. He wanted an no. All of that talk is stupid. The the just the thing is he threw an illegal knee, right? So yeah, stop trying to pass the buck onto Aljo. It is insane. So another thing that came out of UFC 259 was um, Dominic Cruz's post-fight interview, right? <laughs> Man, you got to love Dominic Cruz. Okay? And it was interesting. It was very interesting because Dominic used his time to really just call out. And it wasn't so much a call out. And he, he was checking Hans Mollenkamp, right? Now, Hans Mollenkamp is a, um, he's a, uh, a, a representative of Monster Energy, right? So, he handles, um, I think he's like the, uh, fighter relations officer, something like that, right? And, he is someone, right, after you hear Cruz's comments, it does kind of make you wonder, right, because, listen, depending on which fighters you, you, you know, you check on, right, if you look on social media, you will often see Mollenkamp with fighters, like, kicking cans and shit out of their hands, and stuff like that, and a lot of times, those kicks hit the fighter, and you kind of think, how come that fighter didn't just smack the shit out of that person, right, because I'm like, if I'm holding, uh, you know what I mean, some food, if I'm holding a full drink, and someone just kicks it, I'm going to be pissed, yeah, right? I'm going to be pissed. And if this fool kicks me in the nuts, kicks me in the head, like, you're in, again, I'm going to be pissed. But you never see a crazy reaction from anyone. So you always think, are they real, are they like big buddies? You know, is this dude a, a fighter? Like, what, what's the deal? So then you, you know, with what Cruz said, you can understand, right? Because firstly, you know, a lot of times it's like, why is this video there, right? And then it's just like, um, oh, that's why there's no retaliation, right? That's why they're just going, huh, funny, after getting kicked in the nuts, you know what I mean? Like, it kind of, you you understand it. Because, hey, I've been in them situations. You know, where someone in an organisation uses their power to, like, talk shit. Yeah, and if you respond, you're the one that's getting in trouble, right? Or just, you know, just do shabby shit. And you have to just take it. And it's like, son of a bitch. Right, so, um, yeah, 
it, it's an interesting situation. Now, Cruz, he was on um, the James Lynch show. You know, James Lynch, and you know, well-renowned MMA journalist. He's got a podcast, and um, yeah, Cruz was on that, and he had a few things to say, right? So, yeah, Cruz said the company has reached out to me. And they were very open-minded with me at the top, right? They reached out and um, they were hearing my side. I couldn't really do that before. If you think about it, I've been with Monster seven plus years. And because of the person that I spoke about, if I was to talk to that person the way I did yesterday... I would have gotten a flood of text, a flood of calls like, what are you doing? Why are you talking to the bosses? You can't be doing that, man. Because then they start asking me questions. Like, why can't I do that? So it was nice to get that call. And it was nice to have that talk without hearing from that person. He then said, um, that person has reached out to me, but all he did was take a screenshot of our text message conversation before I did the post-fight interview. There was no words, it was just a screenshot of our conversation. It was very passive-aggressive, very his way of doing things. No communication, just what does that mean? He always pretends to be my friend to my face and then does shady things. Yeah. And again, we, we've, like, a lot of us have, you know, know that person. We've been in them situations, right? Now, Cruz, he followed up. He's like, listen, I'm not angry. You know, I'm not angry at this person. To be angry would give him a lot of power over me. There's none of that. It's just like, this is wrong dealings, man, and it's unprofessional, and it's actually illegal in some ways, how you're treating us, so I'm here to stand for that, because it's, if it's happening to me, I'm positive it's happening to others, I didn't expect it to blow up like this, I just wanted to get, to get, to me, it's a win. It's a win-win. He's going to have a problem with me. So let let him get it out on me if he wants. And charity wins. Like, legitimately. I fight people for a living. This isn't new to me. When I fight somebody, I'm not mad at Casey Kenny. I don't hate him. We're fighting. This is what it is. He brags a lot about being that. So he's in the same boat now. Let's give you the opportunity. <laughs> so, you know, I, I doubt a, um, a fight will take place. You know, maybe, you know, maybe Chael might want to do something called Submission Underground. But that's a, it, it is a huge weight discrepancy. There is a huge weight discrepancy when it comes to things. So, I don't know. But, yeah. I feel it is, it's good to bring certain things to light. Right? And when you hear from a lot of different people, 
they've all had runnings with Mellencamp, right? They've all, if you listen to, um, you know, Tuesdays Believe You and Me, yeah, <laughs> you'll hear something on there, right? So, A, if you do shabby shit, shabby shit gonna come back and bite you in the ass. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, this is a good lesson for people, I feel. So, I think everyone is wondering right now, are we gonna get live events? Right? So, um, you know, UFC 257 had a few people in the audience. And so I, I feel the um, the ABC card. I think that one did as well. Actually, I think all three of those Abu Dhabi events had um, people there, right? Not a lot, but they had people, and it was crazy, right? It was crazy how weird that sounded, right? All of a sudden. You're hearing people cheering and noise and shit, which is just like, whoa, <laughs> it's been a while, right? It, when you think the number of events we've had since March, right? We've had since March last year. It's been a shitload of events. So now, man, it, you, you're so used to nothing, right? And hearing the corners. You know, just hearing everything that's going on is always just great. You know, it was like, you know, the, the whole situation at the weekend, you know, with um, Mark Smith and Peter Yan. Like, hearing Yan be told he's a downed opponent and Yan still throwing that knee. Like, it, if there was, you know, an audience, you probably wouldn't have heard all of that. You know, so, yeah, it's been interesting, right? But, oh, hearing those pops is definitely something else. You know, even like when someone walks in and just the way everything explodes, or when there's a finish, you know what I mean? It's it's crazy. So, um, yeah, the uh, the Texas governor. Right, they've kind of opened up Texas, right? So, uh, yeah, there is the potential for live events, but Dana said that he'd tried to speak to Dallas, and they'd said no, no, no. You know, which now they seem to be refuting, but uh, I don't know, right? I don't know. I I think hey. Possibly there's some people there that are, are, are cool with it, but maybe not the people that White spoke to, right? Um, uh, but then, you know, if Dana has come and said that he's uh, talking to Houston, you know, and he's still talking with Governor Abbott about the possibility of doing something. Now, I, I think it is still all dependent, right? Because I know in the past, 
Dana has said that he, he didn't want to do, you know, something with just a few people. So it, it's got to make sense. So I think it's probably dependent on what sort of restrictions are in place. You know, to whether we will see, you know, something like UFC 260 take place. You know, take place in Texas with an audience. But, I mean, that's not a bad card to do it, right? If you think, man, like, what card would you have? What card would be a great one to have? Like, Stipe against Ungano 2. Oh, you know, because, hey, whether we hear and new or and still, that's going to be huge, right? Because and new, get a new champion. So that's huge. And, you know, Ungano, with everything like the struggle to get there and the way he's just been murking people, that's crazy. That's crazy, but, and still, yo, imagine Stipe have, would have beaten Ungano twice, beaten him twice, no one can say that, like, no one else can say that, and that, pre- I mean, Stipe is already the GOAT. Already the GOAT, the greatest heavyweight, right? Because he's defended the belt multiple times. You know, two time, right? You can't knock that. Can't knock it. So, um, yeah, Steve Hay, hey, it's going to get huge pops either way. So that would be a huge fight. To have, you know, people in attendance. And I think also on that card, we've got Volkanovski defending the strap against Brian Ortega. Right? So, you know, we've got some big friggin' fights, people. That would be awesome to have a, a crowd. So, yeah. I, I think it's one of them things that is still unfolding. You know? I think rep- supposedly, you know, UFC has applied for... A license at the apex For the next few weeks But, you know I think that all makes sense Because you've got to have contingency (laughs) Because it's all well and good Going, yeah, we're having an event It's going to take place in Texas on this day But if everything goes nuts Right, if new strains crop up And loads of it Then it's getting locked down Right, so you need a contingency. So, you know, whether they've applied for license at the apex, I think that's that's really here or there. You know, but I, I think this this whole Texas thing, you know, we could very well see it. You know, it is a uh, yeah. I think mean, it's it's a day by day situation. So we'll uh, we'll monitor. And see what the hell happens. But maybe UFC going to cowboy country, people. Yeehaw! Okay, so the UFC on ESPN Plus 
45 weigh-ins are done. Edwards v. Muhammad. And we are good people. We are all good. Although, came close. It came just a little close. Right? So, um, our co-main event, which is Misha Serkinov and Brian Spann. Now, Serkinov, he weighed in at 205. All was fine. Spann, though, he weighed in at 206.5. Right? So, that's not good. Right? That's not good. So, there's a pound allocation either side. So, you can weigh... 206 for a non-title fight, you know, but that's it, so he was half a pound over, but if you weigh in at the right time, you know, you're, because I think the weigh-in window is two, three hours, right, so if you, you know, if you think you've got an issue, right, you want to weigh in straight away, so then you've got all that time to, yeah, make an additional cut if you choose. Uh, so I can't remember when Span actually weighed in, but he was, you know, given that second opportunity and he came back and it was fine. He came, he lost that half, so he was 206, right? So yeah, that makes it all Official, he doesn't have to give up a percentage of his purse, which I am very sure he is happy with. Right? So um, yeah, everyone else, our main event, Leon Edwards, he's 170.5, and Bilal Muhammad came in dead on 170. Right, which it's not really a surprise, seeing the fact that he's recently fought. Right, so yeah, you just keep that momentum, right? So um, yeah, that was all good, and then the other fights, yeah, everything is fine, right? So Dan Eag, he weighed in at one hundred forty-five and a half. Gavin Tucker, one hundred forty-six. Oh, so um, Jonathan Martinez was one hundred thirty-six. Davy Grant was one hundred thirty-five point five. Um, you know, Eric Anders, he was 186 Darren Stewart, 185.5 Our ladies had no issue Angela Hill, 115.5 Ashley Yoda, 116 Yeah, everything was uh, Everything was fine Courtney Casey, 126 JJ Aldridge 125.5 Gina Jean Yufei 115.5 Gloria Della Pula exactly the same. Right, so um in our first fight, right, Matthew Semmelsberger, he weighed 169.5 and his opponent Jason Witt 171. That's probably the biggest discrepancy. But all of that, perfectly legal, you know, we are fine. So, yeah, <sighs> all the fights 
have been signed off, people. So we are a go. Right? So just as long as, you know, there's no test results come through, no one, you know, makes a misstep and injures themselves. Hey, as long as that doesn't happen, 13 fights are a go for Saturday. So, um, yeah, keep those fingers crossed, people. And let's, oh, let's wait and see what the fuck happens. So many intriguing battles, right? So many intriguing battles. Cannot wait. Okay, people, so we are drawing to a close on another episode. But before we do, let's take a look and see what's happening. Okay, so congratulations go out to Yang Shazan as she has just signed a new multi fight deal with the UFC. Now, she's got a big fight coming up soon, I believe. So, um, yeah, all is um, looking good for her. All right, so um, next week. Next week, we've got a couple of changes. All right, so um, Montel Jackson will be fighting Jess Strada on the card. Which is headlined by Derek Brunson and Trailblazer, right? Name has just completely left my friggin' mind. But you know, you know, people. <laughs> God damn it, I hate it when my fucking mind just flips out. But, um, yeah. Shit. Kevin Holland. Kevin Holland. Yes. It's on that card, right? Also, man, there was a great fight with um Kay Hansen and Chayna Baez that was gonna take place. But unfortunately, Hansen has had to pull out of that fight. But hey, all is still good, right? Baze still will get to debut with her husband on that card because a replacement has been had, and that is Montserrat Ruiz. She will be making her debut, right? So, um, yeah, the 28 year old, um, from Leon Guadalupe. In um, Mexico Man, she is Legit, right? She's 10th planet Trains out of King's MMA Yo, Master Victor Vila is um, Her coach You know what I mean? So, I, that tells you A lot, right? She had a sensational Performance at Invicta 41 Where she headlined the card Against Janzia Maridin um, Yeah she got A whoo, a, a, a key lock Win Early in that first round It was Crazy So yeah she's Dangerous people She's dangerous as hell So um I always knew she would get to the UFC And it, yeah I'm really 
Man, I can't wait to see what happens with this fight. It's going to be a good one. All right, so then we jump to the 10th of April. Zach Cummings is unfortunately out of his fight with Sam Alvey. But Julian Marquez is um, stepping in uh, to the fight. Right, so um, I guess while he's waiting for that date with Miley Cyrus, right, he's trying to keep busy. Okay, so then we jump to UFC 262 on the 15th of May. Uh, so Christios Gagas will be fighting Joel Alvarez, and this fight, people. The other fight that is, it's not a quite a done deal, right? Not quite a done deal, but it's getting ironed out right now. And the funny thing is, just the other day, Benel Dariush was saying, hey, I'd like someone, you know, top 10. It'll be good to fight someone above me in the rankings. Right? I want to show how good I am. And it would seem that Benel is getting his wish because a fight with Tony Ferguson is getting ironed out right now. Yo, how frigging good will that fight be? You know what I mean? To- Look, Tony's had a, a couple of bad fights, but you know what I mean? Listen, shit happens, right? You're gu- you're always gonna have those off nights. So anyone that thinks Tony Ferguson is done, hey, people, no, Tony ain't done. Now, he, he might not win this fight, but you know what I mean? Tony Ferguson is gonna be in it till the end, and he's a tough motherfucker. So, hey, this is a great fight. I'm looking forward to this fight, people. So, the following week on the 22nd of May, Justin Taffer will be um, going up against Jared Vanderera. You know, um, then. On the 5th of June, Yusuf Zalau, he's scheduled to fight Sean Woodson. Also on that card, Tana Boza, Elil Latifi. Ho, ho, ho. That's a good fight, right? It's a good fight. Damn. You know, so then we um, jump to the following week on the 12th of June. And Faraz Ziam is fighting Luigi Vendramini, and that's at UFC 263. The following week, on the 19th of June, Julian Arosa will be fighting Shun Wu Chu. And the following week on the 26th of June, Ed Herman is fighting Danilio Marquez. So people, a plenty, plenty of good fights to look forward to. So yeah, there we go. All right, we will be back on Monday to uh, go over all the weekend hostilities. As Robin Black would say, 
right? Leon Edwards against Balao Mohammed. Who you got, people? <laughs> well, we will see how that all turns out and the rest of the card. Enjoy the weekend. We will see you on Monday. Peace.